Hey, we're low budget till it starts paying attention to me. Hey, there we go. We're so low budget we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, but if we were, you know, a real company, then we'd push record and we'd wait for it to start going, and then somebody would do like a three, two, one start, and then we'd start. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. Hi, I'm Patrick. Grandpa. And welcome to the, what are we up to, 1995 Academy Awards? This yeah, is we're coming it. along. Yeah. We are cruising. Uh, this is, if I ran the Oscars, our show where we look at one movie from every year the Oscars were on TV. We look at what it won for that year, and we look at three other random categories. So we pay attention to the entire filmmaking process. And this year, we could have watched Forrest Gump, Academy Award fact. It is the most nominated film since another movie we've watched with 13 nominations and seven wins. The film... I, that, it's pretty amazing when we roll a film yeah, that's, that's not, not the, the blockbuster. The mm -hmm. uh, film from 1966 that had 13 nominations, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? We watched Which we that. also watched. Yeah. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't our favorite movie. No, no. Uh, there's lots of yelling. There's lots of yelling. Uh, not a whole lot of Academy Award facts here. Best one in this is... Uh, Tom Hanks is the fifth person to win consecutive acting Oscars. Oh. And uh, sixth person to get Best Actor twice. So, officially a good actor. But we didn't watch a movie with him in it either. We nope. watched the movie Ed Wood. A movie about director Ed Wood. Hmm. Which means we have to talk slightly about director Ed Wood. <laughs> we'll talk about him a little bit. Just a little. Uh, for those of you who are not paying too much attention... Uh, you may be aware of the concept of a so-bad-it's-good film, or in general, other things, but film usually gets it. If you ask people to name the worst movie they've ever heard of, usually you'll get one of three responses. You'll get The Room by Tommy Wiseau. You'll get Manos, The Hands of Fate, if they're a fan of MST3K. Whatever that means. Uh, that's, those are people that watch movies and make fun of them and have a commentary track on top of it. And they watch bad movies. Oh, that's, like Mystery Science Theater? Yeah, that's what MST stands for. Yes. <gasps> oh my goodness! <laughs> I did know what that was. You just yeah. didn't know the acronym. Yeah, it's MST3K because Mystery Science Theater 3000 takes too long to say. Because back when I was a teen, I don't think... We ever shortened it up? I think it was no, always Mystery no. Science Theater. And now they they now they now they have a different name because they can't do that anymore. They lost their rights, whatever. They got sued like yeah, Vampire Attraction. Probably. Okay. Uh, but the third one on that list is Plan Nine from Outer Space. Directed but by Ed Wood. <laughs> and written <laughs> by Ed Wood. And produced and by If given the choice, starring Ed Wood. <laughs> uh, it was he was a, in his time, I don't think prolific is the right word, because no one gave a crap about him, except for his close circle of friends. But in the 80s, he was rediscovered by groups seeking out the worst movies they'd ever seen, and was dubbed thusly the worst director ever. And with it came Notoriety. widespread acclaim, because yes. you don't get to be the worst director ever because you made one bad movie. Oh no, you made all of them. All of them were bad. All of them were bad. Also in this movie, at least in name and likeness, is Bella Ferenc Dezo Blasco, who is a Hungarian-American actor better known as Bella Lugosi. And boy, his makeup in this movie. Yeah. The Our topic today is going to be best makeup for that's, the work done. That's the 
That's because that's what they won the Academy Award for. They won an Academy Award for the makeup done to make someone look like Bela Lugosi. Uh, Fun fact, in the film, uh, there's lots of complaining about how Boris Karlov is a hack. (laughs) This is actually correct because Lugosi was a charter member of the Screen Actors Guild, but kept getting restricted to minor parts and was employed by the studio mostly to put his name on things not to give him leading roles. They would give the leading roles and the notoriety and the money to Karlov. In fact, in The Raven in 1935, a film he did with Karlov, Karlov received top billing despite being the supporting actor. He had a different agent. He had a different agent. (laughs) However, by the the 40s, Lugosi had started receiving medication for sciatic neuritis. Sure. Which is... How he got hooked on Dave. drugs. Yeah. 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 And therefore ended up very down on his luck. Well, and, and with a drug be, addiction. Yep. And would then be rescued by Ed Wood, who started putting him in pictures because he believed in him. This is a very weird movie. <laughs> I think that, get it from the library and watch it. Yeah. I, this was not what I was expecting. I thought I was going to need a lot of adult beverage to get through this movie. And I didn't give myself... Any. I think there were aspects that were surprisingly humorous. Yep. Mm-hmm. To start with this one, we kind of have to start at the beginning with why someone would write this movie. And the reason why someone would write this movie is a pair of screenwriters, Scott Alexander and Larry Karazowski. He's got a he's got one of them last Larry names. Larry K. Yeah, Larry K. Uh, they had written two commercially successful films before this. Problem Child and Problem Child 2. They are kids movie tat. Okay. And they were concerned that they were going to start getting pigeonholed as the guys that write children's movie tat. Okay. And so they went, hey, you remember that really good idea we had while we were in film school about an Ed Wood movie? We should write that. So they did. And And after a lot of problems with switching mm-hmm. uh, developers and studios. It ended up getting made by Tim Burton, who we have not talked about yet, to my knowledge. We talked about uh, Helena Bonham Carter, who he is... Or he was... Uh, he was partnered with mm-hmm. and also works with her a lot, but... Edward he, was? No, no. Tim Burton. Oh, okay. Uh, his, first fi- his first directed film was in 1985. And I am challenging them to guess what it is. I will give you a hint. It stars Paul Rubens. Whose first film? Tim Burton's. Do you know who Paul Rubens is? Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Oh, he the directed Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Huh. Yeah. How about that? And then directed Beetlejuice. <laughs> and then directed Batman. That's right. He did one of the Batmans. And in between there and Ed Wood was also Edward Sinister Hands, Batman Returns, and though he didn't direct it, he wrote Nightmare Before Christmas. So he was doing pretty good as a director. Uh, He would go on to direct next Mars Attacks, as well as later the reboot of Planet of the Apes, the reboot of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, the reboot of Alice in Wonderland, and the reboot of Dumbo. Well, and I'm generally not a fan of Tim Burton, just in general, just... Mm -hmm. But I think that this one, this didn't seem particularly Tim Burton-esque to me. 
it was no, so, not like you know uh i mean there's some films that you can just see his fingerprints all over it well this i think this is similar to jurassic park in the the idea that this was still early enough in someone's career that they hadn't been completely pigeonholed yet that could be much like jeff goldblum had not been completely rammed into the jeff goldblum hole that he is now in yeah and it was more tolerable it was more interesting i it was novel yet mm-hmm. since this is a tim burton movie it stars johnny depp they work together they a lot. work together a lot do you know where he got his start and then his first real major role was he on tv he was on TV. That wasn't his start. His Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp was on TV. 21 Jump, 21 Street? Jump Street? It was 21 Jump Street. Yes. The kids will know 21 Jump Street as a movie. The it, parents know it as a TV the show. The parents know it as a TV show. Because we're old. Because it was a T. I I looked it up. Do you remember what it was about? Yeah. It was about, um, shall we say, young people in law enforcement. It was about cops who look like teenagers so they can go undercover in high schools. Yeah. Uh, and that's generally what the movie is about, except they don't look like teenagers, and that's why it's funny. <laughs> uh, his debut was Nightmare on Elm Street. Hmm. Huh. I don't uh, like to watch scary movies. No. He would go on to do lots of fairly good movies, such as Pirates. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Pirates, 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 uh, Finding Neverland, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that Alice in Wonderland, uh, and then he... F- the rock supergroup Hollywood Vampires with Alice Cooper. Because <laughs> he needs something to do with his time, apparently. Uh, playing Bella Lugosi is Martin Landau, who's done some stuff. Yeah. He started uh, acting in the 50s with a supporting role in a small film called North by Northwest. <laughs> yes, <Wow>. indeed. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Wait, he, he didn't have a small role in that film? It said a supporting role. So a supporting it, it was role. not no, the main role. It wasn't, yeah, but he was, he he was, was in it. important. Yeah? I've never seen that. Let's you see. haven't? You should see it. It's kind of scary. It's yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. It's good. It's a good Alfred Hitchcock, too. Uh, those of you who were paying attention to TV in the 60s may have seen him on Mission Impossible, where he was a recurring character. Indeed. I... Was he on a cop show also in the... This doesn't say... I don't he was in Woody Allen's Crimes and Misdemeanors, but I don't think that counts. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember Woody... No. Uh, he's a very good like working actor. Not mm-hmm. necessarily ever getting the big role that you really need, but... But this role worked for him. Oh, this probably was a dream come true for him. Yeah. If he was any sort of student of the craft of acting and the history mm-hmm. of cinema to get asked to study film footage and then overact your butt off to pretend like you're a famous, his, you know, someone from the history of film. Uh, that sounds great. And then talk trash about your competitor. Then talk to heck and trash about Boris Karloff. Yeah. Because I think that was probably the, that was one of my favorite bits of this movie was the first time the Bela Lugosi character talked trash about Boris Karloff because I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. And it, it was so well placed and so well said that it was very believable for the character to do yeah. that. Well, this one had me right from the beginning. They were in the foxhole. I think I saw something. <laughs> Fun fact that play, written by Ed Wood, was based off of his unpublished novel about his time in the Marines. A time in which he 
constantly lied about how much he actually fought in World War II. Because he didn't. Oh my goodness. He made it to corporal and basically never saw action. Uh, no, he, he, so he was in the Marines? Yeah, in was wor- yeah, in World War II. He was, but yeah. he never saw action? Yeah, no, he always had like Edmund roles and like behind the scenes stuff. Okay. Well, when you're in a fight... No, 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 like he never was actually on the front lines or doing anything like that. He and I are brothers. I just want to say that, you know, when guys are in a foxhole, the last thing, the last thing they're going to do is fall asleep. No. He doesn't think he saw something. He did see something. You know, it's just, yeah. He got me right off the bat. <laughs> Next on our list of several people to talk about is Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker, who, in a bit of serendipitous foreshadowing, has someone say that she looks like a horse. Her face looks like a horse. Which is a bit well, unfortunate for her because that will go on to be one of her, you know, long-standing legacies. It's an internet thing. I heard, no, but she's she's been in things. She's been in things. Her most popular thing was the HBO show Sex in the City. She now uh, runs a production company that mostly makes things for HBO. So it's come full circle. Next on our list, Patricia Arquette, who's done a few things, but most uh, prominently was the TV show Medium. She was in Holes. She was in True Romance. She was in Toy Story 4. What did she voice in Toy Story 4? I'm going to have to poke Not and look that, that up. Not that I can really remember. Harmony's mom, if that tells you anything. I mean, the mom of the new kid, yeah. I think. Oh, okay. I believe that's the new kid who makes the spork. Yes, I think that's true. Uh, she is the brother of David Arquette, who also does mm-hmm. things. Next on our list, Jeffrey Jones. He played the fake psychic in this one. The, the BS artist, if you will. Uh, it was an interesting fact for us because his career started in Minneapolis. He began... In the Guthrie Theater, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. But he's the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and anything else on his resume is not as important. Mm-hmm. I would agree. But he was in The Hunt for Red October and Amadeus. So, you know, other good movies. Yeah, he's the emperor in Mm hmm. Next, William James Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray. Oh. <laughs> Wikipedia page always has their full name first, even if, he's, even if they go by a nickname. Uh, he, of course, obviously started on Saturday Night Live on TV. He would be in a lot of things. Quick, name movies Bill Murray is in without looking at your iPad. Ghostbusters. Yep. Stripes. Yep. Meatballs. Yep. Uh, 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 uh. Caddyshack. Uh, yep. Groundhog Day. Yep. Um, We're still just in his including in the first paragraph of his Wikipedia page. <laughs> you haven't missed one yet. Keep going. Um, there is one, two, three, four more. Oh, we already said Caddyshack. Yep. So Cinderella story. No, now you missed one. No, that's yeah, from that's Caddyshack. From oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, he's too young; he doesn't know. I'm sorry. I'm not. Well, I'm not the Dalai Lama. I'm assuming you're not counting Ghostbusters one, two, and three. Oh, two is on this list as well. Okay. <laughs> okay, we can be done. Tootsie. What about Bob and Kingpin are also <gasps> on this about list? Bob? Oh, yeah. about him. I think What about Bob is so funny. Mm-hmm. He has two primetime Emmys. And was nominated for Best Actor for Lost in Translation. I did not that. Know was a that. weird film. Yep. He's also in Zombieland, playing Bill Murray. I think that's as it should be. And then we get on to the few people who are kind of on the side and should be paid attention to because otherwise we would never talk about them. And they hold a place in the history of entertainment. One is Korla Pandit, born John Roland Red. He's from America... But 
on TV played a French Indian musician from New Delhi. What do you mean on TV? He ran Korla Pandit's Adventures in Music, the first all-music program on television. He, in fact, played the organ in much the same way he did in this film, with much the same outfit. In fact, he was basically playing himself. So, so this is long before we talked about cultural appropriation. Oh, he maintained this his persona as a man from India until he died in 1998. Wow. Like, this was who he was. Uh, he became known as the godfather of exotica. <laughs> as being very Indian, apparently. Huh. Uh, the more interesting side thing that I want to... Side person that I want to talk about, because it made me laugh actually out loud, is... The casting of Orson Welles, who appears at the very end of this film. Which I thought was really well done. And I will tell you why. But First, the person is Vincent Donfrio. D-apostrophe-O-N-O-F-R-I-O. Oh, Mm -hmm. Donfrio. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Donfrio. He's done a few things. He was the bad guy in the first Men in Black. He was Private Gomer Pyle in Full Metal Jacket. He's been on Law & Order Criminal Intent for a long time. Recently in uh, the Daredevil TV series, he's the bad guy there. He's a real bad guy. He's a re- he's in the, that one. He's the bad guy in that yeah. one. But he doesn't sound like Orson Welles. So he has been dubbed Seriously. by Maurice LaMarche, better known as Pinky. Not a Pinky, he's the brain. In, in Pinky. Pinky and the Brain. A voice he created as a caricature of Orson Welles. Oh, funny. His job is to sound like Orson Welles. And so they hired him to sound like Orson Welles. And he did. And he did. <laughs> and that's why I laugh, is I saw him and he went, oh, oh, oh. Wait a minute. It's not even really him speaking. That's funny. Have, have you covered the guy who, right in the beginning of the movie, was playing the, the movie guy who did the trash movie? I have not. Oh, I will okay. pull him up. That is... Where is he? He's near the top. Is he? Where is he? He's on my list. I saw him. Mike Starr? That guy? The George Weiss guy? Must Character? Be. Must be. Is that who you were talking about? No. He, I he, yeah, Mike Starr. That, that he went in... He went in and he was trying to get him to make his movie. He was trying, or trying to, to yeah. be part of his movie. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's in Dumb and Dumber. He's what? He's in Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. And Goodfellas. That's a dumb movie. He's not in that many movies. But he did a good job of being a, you know, angry guy that makes bad movies. Well, he's done a lot of work. He's done a lot of work. Am I picked up on that? Herbie? Could have been. You see the leather couch there along the wall? Mm-hmm. The dead sat on? Yeah. Oh, Weinstein, hey, it's perfect. Huh. All right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ha- he has a lot of credits. Um, Isn't he in Blue Bloods? All Isn't kinds he the of things. DA? No. Oh. No, that's no. not him. That's not him. Yeah, uh, I have seen him in in many other things though, but never yeah. never as a uh, lead role. No, he's a he's a good supporter. I uh, the Wikipedia page has a section on historical accuracy for this film, and the gist of it is while some specifics are incorrect, such as Bella Lugosi did a good job when he was on the Red Skelton show in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basics of he also yeah, didn't he, he also didn't curse. Yeah, 
But the oh. basics of timeline and overall events, this is very accurate. Oh. Uh, including checking him into the hospital after making that film, uh, replacing his girlfriend at the last mm-hmm. minute, getting yeah. a church to... Getting a uh, church to back the film? Yeah, that actually happened. Oh, Basically man. the same way. They are like, hey, if you fund this movie, you can fund more movies. And just didn't tell the church what he was all going to be doing. And did they have to go get baptized? I That part is a specific and that I don't have information okay. on. <laughs> but prob- sure good one, honestly, man. probably. Other than that, this is, like you said, this is a pretty good movie for being as dopey as it is. It was entertaining and it was certainly different. And yeah. so in that regard, I enjoyed watching it because it was novel. This movie is making me want to watch The Disaster Artist, which is a film from more recently about... Uh, a contender for worst director ever. The only reason he hasn't won, I believe, is because he's made less movies. Is that he would... still living also? He is still living and still trying to make movies. Well, see then. So he'll get there. Yeah. But he achieved his notoriety while still alive, so now he's able to actively ride it, uh, which yeah. isn't as yeah. exciting. Can uh, I just throw something in? This mm-hmm. movie This movie was politically correct. Hmm. In that... In that, I think I'm perfect to feel it. This movie is 26 years and we, we need this kind of stuff, right? We need funny stuff. Older people relate to it and younger people can scratch the, we, we were laughing at this one the same way we did with that uh, vaudeville movie, where it was just, it didn't need to be potty humor or, yeah. you know, forced jokes. It was just people being funny and it didn't have to get complicated. We should probably talk about the our list of things so first makeup makeup is a relatively new category to the academy award it was started in 1981 what do we think about our makeup here 100 percent. 100 percent. i did have to i did have to go look up looper because i keep talking about that movie and that's another one where they put makeup on a guy to make him look like another exi- another oh, yeah, person yeah. who lived. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, and that guy did not win an award for it, but he he had won awards. I was just really hoping that it was the same guy and it wasn't. I uh, let me see. I didn't scroll down far I, enough. I think there were times I really tried to pay attention to the makeup on mm-hmm. Mr. Landau. Yeah. Yeah, especially around his neck, because sometimes the makeup. That's where you stop. You know, sometimes it'll stop or or just doesn't blend correctly onto the you know from below the chin and the neck. And there were times mm-hmm. when he they were filming him below his chin, yeah. And the and the shirt collar was somewhat open, and I I didn't see mistakes. Well, there. So one thing to think about. I wonder if the decision to shoot in black and white was at least partially informed by the makeup will look better without color. No, it because makeup is also about texture. All right, and Fair if enough. you so for instance, if you're putting uh, I'm not a girl. I don't a, know these things. No, no, no. This has <laughs> to do with like legit theater makeup. If you're making some sort of a like a latex, you know, covering or something that you're then applying to the skin, then that has a really different texture than skin. And then when you go from the one texture to the other. Mm-hmm. You, it looks like seam lines, and I I didn't see anything like that. And they obviously had to do some latex work on his face to get it to be built up to look like Bella Lugosi's. Yeah. And I I thought it was outstanding. So there were three movies nominated in Best Makeup. One was Forrest Gump. Hmm? 
Yeah. I guess they did a good job there. Mm-hmm. The other one is highly ironic. That's the name of the film? No, it's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh. <laughs> wow. So, you know. Wow. This was the actual monster movie. That was, the one, that was so the one where uh, Robert yeah. De Niro played Frankenstein. Well, it's definitely got Robert De Niro in it, yeah. so yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. It also has John Cleese in it, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, and it seems huh. to me that Frankenstein the Doctor was uh, Kenneth Branagh, if I remember right. Uh, well, he's definitely in it. Yeah. And, and directed it. So, I mean, with Frankenstein also being in the running for the year, I think right. that makes the award even more. It's prestigious not like you're the them. best and everybody was bad. No, it's it's that you were no. the best and there was somebody that you were contending against. Yeah, this feels like. I mean, Forrest Gump had no chance at this point. Right. But without a third nomination, I don't think they can give a, a merit award. award. I mm-hmm. think you need to have three. So, I mean, at that point, you just put Forrest Gump in there so that these two can duke it out. <laughs> Our first bonus category. And I moved it over. And then it closed. And then I have to scroll down. Technology is amazing, everyone. Tell me. Extra one. Best picture. Oh, I don't think that. No. It was a fun romp, but it was sort of intentionally eh. Like, well, it, they made intentional choices that were supposed to evoke... A 1950s film being shot on a budget and taking your first take. And they weren't shooting for best picture. With no, they picture. definitely no, weren't. No, no, no. They were trying to replicate Plan 9. I yeah. It was, great. It was yeah. very good, but it was not going to wow audiences the world over. This well, is not like Ben Hur. No. no. It wasn't it. Forrest Gump. You're not going to, not going to wow everybody in this country either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when he shot it, when he shot it, did you get it? Look at them jugs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. No, that tough. definitely sounded like something an old guy would say. But I think that was also a nod back to the types of films that Ed Wood made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next bonus category, Best Song, which, of course, this movie didn't have a go-to song. So what do we think about the soundtrack in general? Just have something to 100%. talk about. Well, there's a little bit of classical music in yeah. there. Some very quintessential mm-hmm. scary music. Yeah. Now, it was not nominated, yeah, and that's, fine. that's all right. Normally, Tim Burton, for six movies in a row, had used Danny Elfman as his, dr- as his him, musician of choice. Really? He, however, had a bit of a falling out during Nightmare Before Christmas, hmm. and therefore went with a different direction with Howard Shore, who has written the music for, well, he's a constant collaborator with David Cronenberg... Okay. So that's an interesting thing there. Also, a few small films called The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he's. I thought f- the music was really. It seemed really appropriate mm-hmm. for the the time period that they they wanted to evoke that late fifties, yeah. early nineteen sixties. This isn't one that he's going to be hanging his hat on. Also because. He did Lord of the Rings, and yeah. that's the one that you can build your whole house on. Yeah. But I think he would have been, I think he should have been proud of what he ended up with mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he made it sound like the 50s. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one Best Screenplay. So, what do we think about our boys and their proving that we can write more than kids' movies screenplay? 100%. 100%. I think it was okay. I don't think it was. It was the best of it was, screenplays. It was definitely it was, a well-written screenplay. Yeah, it was well-written well, it was for Star its purpose. Wars. For I mean, sure. That's always my go-to. It also 
something I think that should be stated, noted is this movie, unlike the character they're portraying, had no delusions of grandeur. They did not make this movie, and it did not seem like they were expecting accolades. True. It looked like they were trying to make the movie correctly, mm-hmm. and if it's people cool. enjoy correctly made movies, they will give us money. And they were I having was, fun. I was truly impressed with yep. that scene where she took off and threw all the kitchen stuff at him. Yeah, hit him in the head. And it was just uh, much more of that, and it would have been over the top and would have been de- detracted. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just uh, just a good amount. That last one, that last shot with that iron skillet. Hopefully it. that wasn't a real skillet. And, and, well, no, <laughs> Sounded good, looked good, and yeah. he rubbed his hand good the next year. Yeah. His head good. I uh, realized I didn't talk about the makeup artist. Rick Baker? Rick Baker. We Win- better. Winner of the first Academy Award for makeup in oh. 1981 for American Werewolf in London. And winner of a record seven Academy oh. Awards for makeup. Oh. This was, uh, this was if I'm remembering my list correctly, because I have to scroll to awards... Because his filmography list is a bit much. This was not even his second one. In between here, he got Harry and the Hendersons. After this, The Nutty Professor. Oh, golly. Wow. Uh, Men in Black. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. With Jim with Carrey. With famous, famed thespian James Carey. You and, know what? And The Wolfman. I do like that Grinch with Jim Carrey. But there's the more. Nobody Waddy? There's more. 1976 King Kong. Let's keep going here. 1983, the music video for Thriller. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's keep going here. Uh, the live action Beauty and the Beast, Coming to America, Gremlins 2, The New Batch. That one he did mostly the special effects supervising, oh. not actually the makeup. Batman Forever, Naughty Professor, Escape from L.A., uh, Psycho, he designed the Norma Bates corpse. Uh, Nutty Professor 2, Planet of the Apes reboot, Hellboy, which we almost watched by accident after another movie was done. <laughs> uh, he was in the King Kong movie in 2005 as an actor, probably yeah. some extra somewhere. Uh, X-Men The Last Stand, Click, Enchanted, Tropic Thunder. Do you remember Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Oh. Do you remember how Robert Downey yeah. Jr. is playing a black man? I remember seeing that film and not knowing who that actor was. Do you ever wonder? Until want- we were well into the film and I finally figured out that's Robert Downey Jr. Did you ever wonder who would have done makeup so good that he would look that way? Mm-hmm. It was this guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was very name. well done. Rick Baker. Uh, he also was Still the special remember. makeup effects artist in Tron Legacy. And uh, designed uh, the Wicked uh, Witch in Maleficent, the movie about a bad guy. Yeah. And then uh, apparently they're making another one of those. Well, he is definitely somebody that you should go and watch his stuff. Because yeah. he's good. There's a very good... He, he also did makeup for Star Wars, but everyone who was doing makeup did. I don't have much more on this one short of the movie bombed in theaters and critics loved it. Because critics love film history. Well, I also think that they, they, they did what they set out to do, and they no, did it well. it was a very... The film succeeded in exactly what it wanted to do, and what it wanted to do was something good. Except it didn't make money. Except it didn't make I'm money. Sure it wanted to make money. Well, that's the complete opposite of the <laughs> film that shall not be named. Right. Which was very successful in what it set out to do. Yeah. We hated what it wanted to do. Right. And it made a lot of money, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so, all in all, this night was not wasted. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. It was good. It was good. It was and, a surprise. It was fun. Yep. Any closing thoughts? I don't have any uh, surprising facts or percent. Yeah. Tonight. Well, then we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. Bye. Bye. Bye.